we were uh, looking at Thomas up here. So Thomas, he uh, doubted, he, uh, you know, he saw, uh, he hadn't seen Jesus for himself, he didn't know what was going on, didn't know what was happening. Maybe he thought it was the whole emotion of the whole, uh, of the whole few days that are caught up, didn't know what to think, he doubted. Um, I went into, uh, I go into school quite a lot, but I went into school um, at the other day, primary school, and they asked me if I would do a whole assembly, and the whole assembly was going to be for uh, the staff and the children, and they asked me to do the Easter story. So I went in to do the Easter story, and uh, as I was preparing, I was thinking about it, and I went in, and there, of course, are like 300 children that are like ready and there and waiting to listen to what you've got to say. And then there's some staff and I know some of the staff would be Christians and some of the staff probably were far away from being Christians. It's really interesting if you've ever had to tell the Easter story to people that you that aren't Christians. There's a whole lot of things that go through your head. You kind of think to yourself, what do they think? What do they think about me telling this story about somebody who was crucified on a cross and then rose from the dead. I'm, I'm literally saying that a man rose from the dead and there's all these like children that are ready and soaking it all up and, 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 and believing every word that you say. And then there's like some of the adults and you're thinking, are they thinking, you are crazy? What or else... Maybe this is some sort of nice little story, you know, that you've invented to help yourself get over the fear of death or whatever. Do you, do you know what I mean? You're, you're sitting there thinking uh, about this backstory going on in your mind. Because when I talk to you guys here, right, we're kind of all on the same page, aren't we? Do you know, I'm not having to convince you that Jesus is alive today. But, um, but, but for many of our community, we're, we're like 400 people here today. But for most of our community, they're thinking, this is just a story. It's just a funny little story. Or maybe they think it's just craziness what you believe. It's just what on earth are you thinking that a man could rise from the dead? A man could save the world like you think he saved the world. That's just crazy. Uh, But that's what I believe. Is that what you believe? That's what I believe. I, I don't, uh, I believe that that is what happened. I don't believe that it, I think there's masses and masses of historical evidence for that happening. I'm not just, I haven't just thrown my mind away, but do you know, that's what I believe. And, it, and, and I know that there's many gaps. It's a bit like when you first fall in love with somebody. If you're talking to somebody that's never, ever been in love, never experienced what love is, it's such a difficult concept to talk about, isn't it? How do you explain that you uh, don't feel like eating when you fall in love? That's like, what? Well, why? What, how do you explain that you think about that person all the time and that your, uh, your heart beats faster when you see them? How do you explain those things to somebody who's never fallen in love? And so it comes to how do we tell the world about Jesus? How do we tell the world when it's so difficult to understand that sometimes for people around us? And so, uh, you know, we have this most amazing story. Uh, it, it, the biggest story in the world, the biggest bad story. What is the biggest bad story in our world? It's death, isn't it? Death. 
It's the worst, it's, the, it's a bad story. And this today, what we celebrate is life. Life overcame, love overcame death. Life overcame, the story is of life, not of death. The story is of life overcoming death. What an amazing thing that we celebrate today. I mean, when I wake up in the morning and I think of what Jesus, what Jesus did, I just wanna worship Him. Just wanna get down and worship God for all that He has given to us. I'm gonna read from Matthew. Uh, some other people uh, that just after his resurrection, this is what happened. Meanwhile, the 11 disciples heard the wonderful news from the women and left for Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. And the moment they saw him, they worshipped him, but some still had lingering doubts. When Jesus came close to them and said, all the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to faithfully follow all I have commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. And so we have here Matthew. Matthew's telling us this story and he's telling us this story after the resurrection that the 11 disciples, they came and they worshipped uh, Jesus. But it says, uh, I lo- don't you love the Bible? It doesn't, it doesn't make it all great, the Bible. It tells you everything. It doesn't like, it's not propaganda to make you believe something. It's got the good bits and the hard bits in it. And there's, uh, you know, there's these 11 disciples. They have been with Jesus. One of them was Thomas. And uh, they're, some of them are worshipping. Some of them are like fully immersed in worship and some of them are doubting. And these are his friends. These are the people that have been with him for 40 days. Some of them are worshipping. Some of them are doubting. Some of them don't know what to think. And so I imagine here, you know, sometimes we doubt, don't we? Sometimes there are doubts that come into our minds and we think, what do I really believe? What really is this all about? And do you know what? Jesus is here for everybody. Whether you fully fully are immersed in this and think, yes, I'm in it, I'm there. Or whether you stand at a distance today and think, I'm not sure, He's there for you. He doesn't mind if you doubt. In fact, doubt isn't a bad thing. Doubt isn't unbelief. Doubt, uh, you know, faith isn't uh, not, uh, faith isn't absolute certainty. What we have is faith is being certain of what we do not see, it says in Hebrews. So faith isn't like, we can't be absolutely certain. What we're doing here is taking a leap of faith. That is what faith is about. We're saying we don't know everything. We don't know all the answers. We don't know how everything happened. We don't know it all, but we will trust anyway. We have a faith in God that is not about everything that we know or understand completely. It is a faith that says, I believe and trust in you, God. So we have loads and loads of different doubters. There are doubters, maybe uh, you're a doubter here today. There are wounded doubters, doubters who have felt pain of somebody dying or sickness or trouble that has just made you doubt and wonder, what is it 
about God. There are people that are here that are disappointed doubters and definitely in our, in our wider community, doubters that think, I'm disappointed. It's not worked out how I thought, thought it were, would work out and I'm disappointed. There are doubters who are intellectual doubters. Your mind, your brain is just, you just think, how on earth can this work? How can this, how can this be? How can, you, you don't know how to make sense of it intellectually. I am so pleased that I have not got intellectual, that I, I'm a doubter in other ways, but not intellectually. My dad said when I was at my um, wedding speech, she is of average intelligence. <laughs> don't you think that's a great thing to say? Anyway, um, I'm not saying that I am, I'm not saying that I'm silly, but what I am saying is I trust my heart more than my head. My head doesn't even know my seven times table, to be honest. I can't even tell you that. So why would I trust my head with things of God? Do you, do you, so I I'm, I'm feel like I'm, I'm very privileged in that way because I, I trust what my heart says. I trust where I feel. But and that you may be very intellectual and I don't want to pull that down at all because uh, you, can be, you can doubt at an intellectual level. And then, of course, there's rebellious doubters. You know, like, I'm not, I just don't believe it. I'm not going that way. I'm going to do it my way. And there's rebellious doubters. There are so many doubters. But don't you think it's wonderful that at this passage, in this passage that uh, Jesus meets his disciples, he meets with the doubters and he meets with Thomas. Thomas the doubter we've just heard about. And he meets with the people that are wholly worshipping him. And he gives and he says to them, the most important thing, the most important question is not whether you doubt or not whether you believe. It's what's next. What's next? What do you do with your life? What's next for you? Whether you believe wholeheartedly or whether you doubt, what is next? And you know, this is what Jesus said was next. He gave them the great commission, gave them two things that he said, this is what's next for you. One was you're gonna worship and the second was you're gonna witness. Worship, it says in the Bible, in the, in the message translation, love the Lord your God with all your passion, all your soul. It says all your muscle and all your intelligence. Don't you love it that it says that? It love the, what's next for us? To love God with everything that we've got. That means our muscle, our bodies. What, you, you know, how can I use my body to love you, God, more? What can I do to, to express my love for you through my muscle, through my intelligence? The things that I think about, I wanna love, it doesn't just say, oh, love, it's just a wishy-washy thing. It says, love God with your intelligence, with your thought life, with your thinking. Love God with your passion. What are you passionate about? What are you... What, you, what passion means you, what will you suffer for? Love God like that. Worship God. That's the first thing we're called to do. Worship God with everything that we have got. The second thing we're called to do is witness. And witness, that doesn't mean just talking about Jesus to other people. It does mean that as well. Witness, you are God's representation here on the earth. Every single one of you, you are the mirror image of God. You're the reason why somebody will find Jesus. You're the reason because they will look at you and they will see a Christian, little Christ. They will see Jesus in you. They, people are watching. People are watching when you go to work. They're watching if you turn up on time. They're watching if you 
are nasty about the boss behind their backs. They're watching when you say something nasty to somebody about somebody else. They're watching. They're thinking, what is a Christian? You're a Christian? That's what you do. They're, they're listening. Your children, as you bring them up, they, you are the witness. You are the representation. They are watching. When you talk badly about church, they won't want to come to church. If you talk badly about God, talk badly about other people, what do you think your children are seeing? You are the witness. You are the person that is signposting somebody to Jesus, whether that be your children, your husband, your wife, your mother, whoever that may be, your family, they're watching. You are the only thing that most people have in their lives that tell them who Jesus is. You're it. We're the witnesses. We're the reflection of Jesus. We, we want to reflect Him in every single way. And so God said, Jesus called them to be witnesses on the earth. Be witnesses for me. And so we have the most amazing promise here in that we are not just saved Jesus, Easter has not happened. Jesus has not just died and risen again from the dead so that you and I could have our sins forgiven, though that is true and an amazing thing. He has not just died and risen again so that you and I can go to heaven when we die, though that is true and that is amazing. He has died so that we could take the authority back that was taken in those days. He has died so that we could become sons and daughters of God. He didn't just die so we had our ticket to heaven and we say, oh, great, we're fine. He died because He said the authority was taken from you back in those Adam and Eve days and the authority is going to be given back to you. Um, you are sons and you are royalty. Every person in this place, you are royalty. Some, you are royalty and you are priests. It says in Peter, you are a chosen priesthood. Uh, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. That is who you are. And sometimes priests and uh, royalty, maybe we've got the wrong idea of what priests and royalty really are because maybe it's become a bit corrupt in our world vision and our thinking. But, you know, you are, we are called as sons and daughters of God and He gives back that authority to you today. He gives back that. He, he died so that you could know that you are forgiven but also, and you are free. Do you know what? It happened at Passover time. This all happened at Passover. Why do you think it happened at Passover time? Because it's mirroring. What happened to the people when they were set free? Those people uh, in Exodus were not set free to become land, landless wanderers. They were set free to become landowners in the Kingdom of God. And so it is for you. And so it, that is the good news. You know, it, we, we talk, heaven isn't somewhere up there. Heaven is God's space. Earth is our space. We pray heaven, God's space comes to earth. That is now, that is here and now. That is not somewhere else. That is not when we die. Heaven, God's space can invade our, the space all the time. Do you, we just got to see it. We just got to 
We're just going to walk in it. And so what great news today that we are free to be sons and daughters of the living God. Not that we are just saved to, you know, to, uh, to go through life and to uh, get to the end and go to heaven. We're, we're, we're saved to worship Him, to witness for Him. What an amazing thing. And that's for you doubters and for you that worship with all your heart. It is for everybody. And so let us thank God. I wonder if the band could come on up and I'm just going to read a few passages from Scripture, which are just incredible. Um, It says this in Romans. This resurrection life you received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It is adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is and we know who we are, Father and children. We know we're going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with Him, then certainly we're going to go through the good times with Him. Let's stand together. Let's thank God for what He's given to us. Father God, I thank You. We thank You, God, that You rose from the dead. God, we thank You for our lives. We thank You, God, that You have given us freedom to be who we are called to be, sons and daughters of the living God. God, we thank You. We thank You for the freedom. Oh, Father God, I pray that we would shine with You. Father, I pray for the doubters. God, we all doubt, all of us, God, doubt. Oh, Father God, I just pray that uh, you, you would meet us just where we are. Just where we are. You know that if you're a doubter, you may not even be a Christian here today. You may wonder what on earth's going on and what it's all about. But I want to say God loves you. God loves you. If you could ever think of somebody that loved you as much as He did, your imagination would be able to cope with it. He loves you. He's for you. Some of you have never had somebody for you in the whole of your lives. Nobody's been totally for you. God is for you. He fights for you. Oh, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for life with you. We thank you, God, for the resurrection. May anything that is dead in you, uh, just give that to God right now. Anything that is dead in you. Oh, some people, you've got some, we've got some, we've got some people with some, dead dreams some dead hopes some, some, some of you have got disease in you some of you feel like you're dying and I pray life into you right now we pray life so where there's depression I pray sunshine where there's depression you, there is some depression in the room there's anxiety and I pray sunshine I, I want you to visualise that there's a sun right above your head right now There's sunshine. There's light. There's light at the end of your tunnel. There's hope for the hopeless. Father, I pray. God, this is the day of miracles, isn't it? This is the day of miracles. We pray for miracles. I pray for miracles. If you need a miracle, just raise your hands. Raise your hands. We pray for miracles. 
I pray for miracles in family situations. I pray for miracles in health. God, come. Why not today? Easter day. Why not today? Father, we pray. We pray for miracles in our community. We pray that the miraculous would happen. We pray for healing. I pray for cancer to go, Lord God. We pray, God, come by Your Spirit. We pray for miracles. I pray, God, where people are running down a bad track, that You bring them back. Bring them back. Bring them back. Come home to some of you who God says, come home. Come home. Come home. I've been waiting for you for such a long time. Come home. And so I pray, God, bring Your life today. Bring Your life. Thank You. Thank You for Your life. Amen.